Amen. Okay, so how not to waste your life, part three. Uh, what, a few weeks ago, I started off and I, I said basically, if you don't want to waste your life, because obviously no one wants to waste their lives, if you don't want to waste your life, stop the excuses. No excuses, no fear, but faithful. That's one of the keys to not waste your life. Secondly, last week I shared about how to not waste your life in the context of this. There are two roads. The path of the flesh and a path of the spirit. He who walks in the flesh wastes his life, loses his life. And then this morning I want to now build on that and uh, take you forward in, in, in this sense. Okay. So, as I said last week, there are two roads. There is a road of the flesh and there's a road of the Spirit. So you're coming, you're walking, you're trying to follow Jesus, you're coming to your, to, and you come to a point where you're like, you lost track of Jesus. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? I was following him, but I don't know where, which way is he going? You can't see him anymore. So he's, Jesus, where are you? You don't, you don't know, you've got two roads, two options. Which option is it? Which way is Jesus leading? And now you must, it's actually quite easy. You evaluate the two roads and you realize which one is the easy road and which one is the difficult road. And then you choose the difficult one. Because Jesus tends, 99.9% of the time, he goes down the difficult road. Okay, I read that scripture last week where Jesus said there's a narrow way that leads to life and there's the broad path that leads to destruction. So the narrow, the constrained road is the one that leads to life. But the broad one is the one that leads to destruction. So there's a thousand different ways that you can destroy your life. And I'm sure as we are very creative as human beings. Hello, Paul. Welcome from Durban. The power of love just draws one 600 kilometers this way. Amen. (laughs) So... um, so it's a broad way. There's a thousand different ways of destroying our lives. It's just creative genius how to, do, how to do it in the flesh. But the question is, how can we stay and how do we know which road? The, the difficult road is God's way most of the time. 99.9% of the time, choose the difficult way. Because it's difficult short term, but long term, it's the way of life. Okay, so now how this works is, the enemy is assaulting us. The enemy, there's a real enemy that's wanting to get us to choose the path of the flesh. And how does he do it? He does it with a carrot. The carrot. So we like a donkey. And the donkey, the enemy is trying to get the donkey to not choose the way of life, but to choose the way of the flesh. So he dangles the carrot over there. And it looks quite nice. Like, yeah, why not? Looks Quite, quite, quite sweet. It looks so pretty. Let me take a, a, a bite. You know, it doesn't look so bad. Doesn't look so evil. Doesn't look so, 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 so negative. But the enemy gets you with a carrot, like a little bit of temptation. He seduces us. It put, just puts something there to get you. Okay, hey, and then you go down the road, and the, this process begins. This process. It like the carrot, like kickstarts a process, a, a way of thinking. You know, many of us have been programmed through the years 
to have certain responses. When you see that advert, then you think this, you know. When you walk past that shop, then that sale sign. You were going to walk past, but carrot, yes, come on. Woohoo, it's a sale, you know, so we go in there. So we all have these triggers. We have a carrot. The enemy, this holiday, this December, January, the enemy is going to bring a carrot to you. Say carrot. Okay, but this is a bad carrot. This is not a Hunley carrot. A Hunley carrot, the dietitian's carrots, that's wonderful. That's good. Okay, we're talking about a bad carrot. Carrot that takes you down the wrong road. Okay, but every one of us has something. There's a trigger. There's a trigger point that the enemy comes and he seduces us, tries to get us down this bad path. So can I tell you this morning, the enemy is coming for you this next month. That's just how it works. He's coming. He's coming for you and he's going to be seductive. And he's going to try and trick you. And he's going to try and seduce you to get you off track. As this scripture speaks of, the first scripture there, it says, Be sober. Be vigilant. 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he's walking around, he's, he's looking for a gap, he's looking for an open door, and it says they seeking whom he may devour, say may. Okay, so whom he may, he can't just devour anybody, he can't devour a child of God, he cannot touch us when the blood of Jesus has washed us clean, but he's coming to try and devour, how does he devour us? Who can he devour? The one that walks in the, in the flesh. The one who walks on the road of the flesh. The one who takes the carrot. And so you go down that path. And it, it just sort of goes by past the lion's den. That's, that's where the road goes. The, the devil is the king of the flesh. King of the flesh. What do I mean with flesh? Flesh meaning, you know, sinful desires. Fleshly old nature. Old desires that which should be dead for the believer. But the enemy comes, he wants, to, he wants to stir that up. So he brings the carrot. He says just wants to, he wants to awaken those fleshly desires in us. And then he wants us to go down that road so that he may devour us. And we literally walk into it. We literally walk into it. So the enemy doesn't play fair. So Sonic and I, we were in Cape Town recently, two weeks ago, had a brilliant weekend. We were ministering around families and an awesome weekend. God was moving. So the Monday night, it was after, so we were ministering till the Sunday night. Monday night, we rested. Monday night, we slept in a different place, different house. And I just was just so at peace. I was just so restful. So, so I, I, my wife and I, because of our background and sleeping challenges, we tend to, before we sleep, we pray. That's how we do it. We turn the light off. We pray. But I didn't pray. That Monday night. So around 11 o'clock that night, my wife wakes up screaming. I didn't know she could scream that loudly. And I was like, <laughs> I was ready. What, where, what, what's, what's going on? And I could sense something in the air. I could sense there is another spirit in this place right now. She had a bad dream like dungeons and stuff and 
getting locked up and the enemy is trying to... You see, he, he tries to plant things even in our sleep. So maybe you have the armor on, you focus during the day, and then during the night he comes, he tries to plant bad dreams, fear, lust, whatever it might be. Come plant those seeds, those bad seeds that can grow and grow and grow and, and produce bad fruit. So that was the Monday night, and then this past week has also just been crazy. Every night it seems we have some form of action, alarm systems going off, Three nights in a row, and just like <laughs> 12 o'clock at night, 3 o'clock at night, I'm like, yes. What the heck's going on? I'm getting tired and more tired, and I didn't get the quiet time that one morning, and now it's just a hectic, freaky day. Enemy plays like that. He, he knows how to, he plays us, he plays us, he plays us. He's patient, he's waiting, waiting, waiting until, until you're not focused, until you're tired and you, you haven't been focused and you haven't been getting into the Word of God. And then, hello, puts that trap out there. You're in the flesh and then he can devour. So I want to say to you this morning, the enemy is coming for you this month. That's just how it works. So be aware. It says be sober. Be vigilant. Sober also means self-controlled. Vigilant is to be watchful. So what is the opposite of being sober? It's being drunk. Drunk. And I'm not just talking about drunk in terms of alcoholic drunk, but imagine how downing a bottle of vodka and then getting behind the steering wheel. Probably not a good idea. You think about stay alive. Don't do that. But I believe many of us, many Christians, are drunk on the things of the flesh. We get drunk on the things of the flesh. Well, you see, when you're in the flesh, your spiritual senses shut down. So you just binge on movies, series, shopping, Whatever, socializing, it's it. Whatever it might be, you're just like more, more, more. Binging, binging, drinking, drinking, drinking and drinking. Feeding the flesh, feeding the flesh, feeding the flesh, feeding the flesh. Drunk, drunk. I believe this time of year especially, what are we after? We want to have pleasure. We want to have fun. FOMO, fear of missing out. I'm just so hoping I'm missing a party somewhere. There's, this, there's a spirit in the air this time of year that wants us to move into the flesh. To get drunk. Not just physically drunk, but drunk on the flesh so that the enemy can slither in to our homes, into our families, our kids. Drunk. So my question to you is, are you drunk on the things of the flesh, more on the internet, more of that, more of that, more of that, whatever it might be, is it, are you binging, are you just consuming, 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 things of the flesh, because I don't know about you, but I'm looking at my life and my past, the worst times of my life were the times that I was just in the flesh, I was like, and I don't have flipping control 
to make the right decisions. I'm like, I'm just binging on another series or another movie or another computer game thing or this or another that. And I flip and can't, can't stop myself. And I know I should be focusing on my wife. And I know my heart should be with my wife and my child. But I'm, something on the inside is, is driving me to the next bit of drinking. Not alcohol, but flesh. You see, you choose the, he puts the carrot there and then you go down that road and it's the path of destruction. Suddenly, everything in your house becomes squirrely. It's just weird. We're missing one another. We're talking past one another. It's like my, my patience is not what should be. It's, it's terrible. I think for my life of being a Christian for 20 years now, the mission has been to be set free from the things of the flesh so I can truly be in the spirit. That I can do what is right, that I have the power, the capacity to make the right decisions when I make, need to make it. Who wants to be a puppet? I have this picture of the puppeteer. There's the spirit of this world. It's like a puppeteer with these strings. And we're like, yes, master. Yes. Looks like a horror movie. But I think it is sometimes a horror movie. And the things that we find ourselves doing and committing. And then the shame and the guilt and the disappointment. Spoke to some guys yesterday. We were having a braai. And the guys were saying that the, the holidays where they would get up in the mornings and they would go training, exercising, and doing the right things. That's the awesome holidays. When they are focused. But the holidays when they just sleep and they veg and they... Eat and eat and eat, and it's the terrible holidays. You just feel terrible, you know? So anyway, so it says be sober. Be sober. Let's say be sober. In other words, don't be drunk. Don't, don't fall for the spirit of this age, the spirit of this world. Break out. Snap out of it. You know, you haven't spoken to a drunk man? Like, why? Hello. Snap out of it, man. I want to say to you this morning, snap out of it. Just snap out of this holiday spirit. Snap out of going down the path of the flesh. Snap out of it. Just wake up. Break that off you. In Jesus' name. Because it wants to set you up. And then we hear the terrifying stories. Heart-wrenching, breaking stories of guys like going, going back, you know. The gambling house, calling, going back to the gambling house, going back to the casino, going back there. Doesn't want to do it, doesn't want to go there, but something is drawing you. And it costs the family, costs everything. The flesh. Then the second one part there, it says, no, 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 go back. Go back. It says, be vigilant. Be vigilant. So what is that? Vigilant is to be Watchful. So you must see yourself as a watchman on the wall. A watchman on the wall. So you're supposed to be looking. You're supposed to be watching. See, the enemy is coming. Okay? The enemy is coming. Let's say the enemy is coming. He's coming. It's a fact. It's undeniable. He's going to come. And he's going to come this December. Now, are you watching? Because if you get drunk and you fall asleep... As I said, when you binge on the flesh, your spirit senses get dull. You can't see him coming. 
You're like in there, sleeping. You don't see him coming, and here the snake comes, the serpent comes, and he slithers, slithers into your house. Dads, and he slithers, enemy slithers to your child while he's sleeping in bed. He slithers in, he tries to get in, and he comes, tries to come in between you and your wife, and tries to come in. He's coming. Are you watching? Are you watching? Are you in the spirit? Are you in the word? Are you in prayer? Are you focused? Because when he comes, the God of peace can crush him under your feet. Are you watching? Because I feel God is saying, are you watching? Are you focused? Are your senses being dulled? Don't fall for it or you will be devoured. You will be devoured. So let's snap out of that zombie mode thing. So my question to you is, what is your carrot? What is the thing that the enemy brings to you to trigger you, to get you down that path? What is, what is your carrot? What is the thing that is speaking to you? What is, what is your mind focused on? What are you thinking about continuously? What is your carrot? What about a few ideas? Wrong crowd? Wrong crowd. I said last week, bad company corrupts. Bad company corrupts. Make no mistake. What about, what's your carrot? A drink or two at the pub or at home? Just, just going to have one. Just one. But you know that's your carrot. That's your, start. that's your starting point. You're going down that road. Some of us shouldn't drink at all. Shouldn't, some of us shouldn't drink at all. You know it's your trigger. You know it's your trigger. Then don't drink. Why the heck would you sell your soul for another drink? How stupid can you be? Don't. What about internet surfing? Just, I don't know, 10 minutes, eh? Mm, let's go click on that. Shopping. Ah. Shopping some more. Doing some research on the next thing you're going to shop. Fills your mind. Do like weeks of research on this one thing. Some of us do it like that. Others just stuff it. Don't have the money, but let's just buy it. <laughs> Casino. Trouble. Alone with your girlfriend late at night or your boyfriend. Just another 10 minutes of cuddling. But you know where that will go to. Amen. Don't tell me it's not going to go there. It's going to go there. Because God wired you for that. So you don't put yourself in that situation. It's trouble. It's shame. It's guilt. It's flesh. It's trouble. It shuts down your spirit senses. Enemy can devour you. So how do we, how do we deal with this? I said last week as well, Galatians 5.16. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So in other words... Don't just not go down the way of the flesh. Step into the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. In other words, when you go down the path of the flesh, and you keep on giving in to the flesh, you then have good intentions, but you can't actually fulfill your good intentions, because the flesh has got you. You're the puppet now. Puppeteer's got you. Puppet master's got you. He's got you. He's got you. And then you go down that road. 
So, what are you going to do this month? Which road are you going to choose? I want to give you a few keys to help you. Luke 9, 23, where Jesus speaks about this, about wasting your life. And he actually says, losing your life. So it's not just wasting your life, it's losing your life. He says, then he said to them, to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, listen to that, desires to come after me. You want to choose the good road. You want to do the spirit. Which road is Jesus going? I want to follow Jesus. So he says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him do what? Deny. Say deny. Deny himself. Because Jesus knows if you do not deny yourself, you're going to go down the road of the flesh. Denying self meaning denying your fleshly sinful nature. Denying your Short-term gratification, denying those things so you can actually follow the Lord. So let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, say daily, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself Destroyed or lost. So yes, you get what you crave, but it costs you your soul. It costs you your life. At the very least, it costs you a day or a week or a month where your, your spiritual senses are shut down and you need to get repaired and restored. At the very least, you're wasting literally days of your life. At the very least. But at the worst, you could literally lose your soul down that path. Down that path. So there was a... Um, psychology actually confirms this. So Jesus says, this principle of having a successful life is deny self, give your life. Deny self, pick up your cross, take up your cross daily, and you will have real life. You will have blessing. So psychology, they call it delayed gratification. don't know if you've heard about this, delayed gratification. <clears throat> and it confirms this principle of not wasting your life or losing your life. So they did what they call a marshmallow experiment in the 60s. So they would ask a four-year-old, I'm going to show you a video clip about this in a moment. So four-year-old, five-year-old, give a marshmallow, and then the lady would leave the room and say, right, 15 minutes. If you, can, if you don't eat it for 15 minutes, when I come back, I'll give you another one. It's quite cruel on the poor little kids, but it's brilliant. Okay, so I want to show you the video clip because they could actually trace the children's ability to, 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 of self-control. They could trace it through to when they were 16-year-old, 32-year-old, etc. And those who could contain, those who could wait, actually were successful in life later in terms of sport, academics, social connections. Fascinating. Okay, let's, let's show you. The marshmallow experiment. Okay. Quite a challenge. But they said, they did studies, they found that the ones that had self-control actually became successful in different areas of their lives. So, <clears throat> power to wait. They said 16 when some of these, this is now not the like, actual one from the 60s. But the, the kids, when they were 16, 17 years old, they had better grades, better scores by parents and teachers and coping and social settings, 
When they hit age 32, less obesity, less drug use, more successful at life. And they also said that you can actually grow in this. So it's not like, oh, I, can't have, I don't have self-control. So. so I was watching this one video. They said some of the kids, they would activate their imaginations. So they tell them, imagine the marshmallow is not real. Imagine it's just a picture. It's in a frame. It's just a picture. And they say the same child that couldn't wait one minute now waits 15 minutes. Activating their imagination, but also, I believe, activating faith. So the Lord has given us a capacity to say, okay, I'm not going to give in to this and this and this now because I'm looking for the real price. I'm looking for the ultimate reward. So instead of giving in, applied what they call delayed gratification. When you delay instant gratification, you will experience long-term satisfaction. When you delay instant gratification, you will experience long-term satisfaction. So one of the things they say, also they've done studies, they ask a whole bunch of people, okay, how many times are you going to go to the gym this next two weeks? And then they'd all say like four times, four times each week. And across the board, it was like once a week. So they say we, we tend to overestimate our ability to be self-controlled. We, we tend to overestimate our own capacity. And so what, what they say, what you need to do is you need to actually do what they call a commitment contract. You need to have a, what I call a game plan. You need to have a game plan for your carrots when the temptation comes. Because you want to invest your life. You want ultimate satisfaction. You want ultimate pleasure, long-term pleasure. How do you do that? Well, it's the classic one. My wife's very good with this, training our child. First, do your homework, then go and play. That's powerful. That, that learning self-control. First, do your homework, then go and play. First, go and jog, then chill. Come on, all the joggers in the house, or those who are yeah, dreaming about becoming a jogger. First, first read your Bible and pray, then go on social. First read your Bible and pray. First spend time with the Lord before you go out of the house. First develop a skill or read something edifying before watching the movie. First help around the house with chores, serve your wife or kids, then do your favorite hobby. I'm sure all the ladies say amen. All the wives. Do what is right, not what is easy, if you don't want to waste your life. He walks in the flesh, wastes his life. He walks in the spirit, invests his life, her life, effectively for kingdom glory. So then the last bit of that verse I, I read, it says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? What profit is it? To a man, if he gains the whole world, but he loses his own soul. So game plan would be first save, then buy. Buy later. So when it comes to spending your money, just because you can buy it doesn't mean you should. Amen. Because it's another avenue of the flesh. So there are a lot of temptations this time of year to buy, to spend, to feed the lust of the flesh of what we could have, could buy, of, of, and of what it promises us, but you actually say, no, 
I'm not going to go down that, that, that road. Self-control is to wait. It's the power to wait. Like looking at that marshmallow. No, I want true pleasures. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to allow myself to move into the flesh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to self-control. And don't buy on credit. Don't buy on credit. Question, do you have a budget this December, January? Do you have a budget for your spending? Do you have a plan? Okay, if you have a plan, raise your hand. On behalf of us, my wife does the plan. <laughs> do you have a plan? Because you need to have a game plan, no? We're going to treat ourselves with this in January, so we're going we're gonna to save, save, save. We're going to do it like this. We're going we're gonna to be faithful. We're going we're gonna to do self-control. No, we don't just walk into a, a shop and go buy. We have a plan as a couple, as an individual. Do you have a plan? Because otherwise the carrot's going to come. Carrot's going to come. What are you going to do? Fascinating fact or phenomena that we've seen. Every year, almost every year, January, the church's income drops by about 30%. And it in general wipes out a whole kitty of savings of the whole previous year. So I'm wondering, why does that happen? Why January? Could it be because Christians overextend themselves in December? Could it be that we buy on credit? Could it be that we don't have budgets? Could it be that we give in to the lust of the flesh and we spend, 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 and we generally, I'm so stuffed. Could it be? Don't let it be. Walk in the spirit. Walk according to self-control. The power of waiting. The power of waiting. Putting first things first. Jesus, I still honor you. God, I still want your kingdom to come. No, I'm not going to overstand my budget. Jesus, I'm not going to take from what is yours of what I want to give to you and your kingdom and go spend it somewhere else because I do self-control. It's powerful. Hmm? Self-control is so powerful. It is amazing. So I want to say to you, snap out of it. The holiday spending thing. Stop. 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 Turn back. Come back up the road. And go down. The road of the Spirit. Amen. I said last week as well. The things of this world will not satisfy you. It's a lie. The guy said on the video. The flesh never satisfies. It only leaves you empty, wanting more. Never satisfies. So you need to wait. So, in terms of, let's talk about sexuality. So there are all these options, all these marshmallows coming along the path. To mess around with a girl. Oh, let's talk about, someone's like, oh, I'm married. But let's talk about all, over all the years, all the options that there could be. Yes, you could have slept with her. Yes, you can watch the porn. Anybody can do that. Yes, anybody can sleep. Anybody can buy a prostitute, pay a prostitute. Anybody can go down that path. That's easy. Self-control is a challenge. But you need to have the reward before you. I want beautiful, wonderful, God-blessed sexual intimacy with my wife one day. That's the reward. And it's true. The flesh never satisfies. The ultimate, ultimate blessing of sexual intimacy is inside marriage. When you're in the spirit, I don't know why it is. Don't tell other people. But uh, 
It's amazing. The, the best sexual intimacy that I didn't check this with my wife, what I'm saying now. So anyway, she might blush. But the best sexual intimacy that we have is when we are in the spirit, when we are in good space, unified, pray together in the Holy Spirit, full of peace, full of joy, mind full with God. Then it is soul, spirit and body one. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hollywood can go jump. The real deal is inside marriage. Both parties in love with Jesus. That is the ultimate. That's the ultimate. All the other stuff is rubbish. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. So if you want the real reward, you need to be pure. You need to have your eyes on Jesus. If you want, to be, if you want the real reward, you need to follow Jesus. Walk in the Spirit. The flesh doesn't satisfy. Let's say it, the flesh doesn't satisfy. It doesn't. It's a lie. It is a lie. Amen. So, just to end off with this. So, how do we do this? James 4, verse 5. Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. If you're a believer this morning, if you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit within you is yearning jealously for your affections. Jealously. It's like, hey, no, don't let your heart go over there. Come, I want your heart. I want all of you. I want all of you. I'm, I, I'm, I, I hate the seasons of my life where my affections were other places with things and rubbish. And I can't just wholeheartedly give myself to Jesus. So let's snap out of it, out of the spirit of this age. Then he says, but he gives more grace. He gives more power. God gives us power to break out of the flesh and step into the spirit where true satisfaction lies. Therefore, he says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The proud thinks he can do this on his own. The proud thinks, ah, I don't need to spend time with Jesus in the morning because I'm strong. You know, I'm tough. I, I can do this. I want to tell you. The morning that I don't spend time with Jesus, all hell breaks loose. And I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to be awesome. And I'm not when I'm not spending time with the Lord. So if you've not been spending time with Jesus this last week, those last few weeks, if you've not been spending time with God, making him a priority in the mornings before you get out of the house, you are a ticking time bomb. You are are a ticking time bomb. It's going to blow up. I promise you. It's going to blow up. Because it's only in His presence that we receive strength to walk in the Spirit. Amen. Can I have an amen? I'm trying to psych you up to read your Bible this December in Jesus' name. So it says that God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It doesn't say, so resist the devil. He says, submit to God. Submit to God. You cannot resist the enemy in your own ability. You don't have it in you. You can't. It's first submit to God. What does it mean? I'd say, submit to God's nature. 
submit to God. I said this last week. The fruit of the Spirit is the opposite of the works of the flesh. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. What is that? That's the nature of God. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is self-control. So when I submit to God's nature, I receive who He is so that I can respond in the Spirit. Amen. So, so if you want to fight, say, hatred, how do you fight hatred, animosity, someone coming at you? You fight hatred with love, with God's love. Kuba shared this word in the end of worship. It's so powerful. It's like God is consistently loving. He doesn't have a bad day and say, ah, oh, just stuff this guy. I'm so over this rebellion. I'm writing you off. To hell with you. He doesn't. He is consistently loving, consistently kind, consistently. Five years from now, he will still be ready, arms wide open. I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. You know, so I, I had this challenge in this week. I, was, I felt the Lord lead me to go and buy a whole bunch of gifts and write card and things to, to a few people that are bitterly offended with me. I think they might hate me. I'm not sure. They haven't officially said it, but I'm feeling it. And I just realized I, I mustn't allow whatever they're feeling to, to influence my atmosphere. So if you hate me, I'm going to buy you a big bunch of flowers. I'm going to write you a card. I'm going to tell you I love you, I'm praying for you, and I mean it. Because why? Because I want to manifest the nature of God. I want to manifest the nature of God. I want, to, I want to consistently love. How do you overcome hatred? With love. The love of God. Allow the love of God to fill you, overflow you. Then resist the devil. Then resist the devil. Another one. How do you fight depression and disillusionment? Well, you fight it with thanksgiving and the joy of the Lord. Our God is always joyful. He's never depressed. He's never disillusioned. He never falls off his throne. So how do you fight disillusionment and depression? You fight it by turning your heart and mind to God and say, God, you're joyful. Why are you joyful? It doesn't feel, it shouldn't be. But you're joyful because there's something, you, you're joyful. You are joy. So when I su surrender my heart and mind to the nature of God through thanksgiving, God, thank you for everything. Thank you for what you're doing. I receive his nature, joy. And then you can overcome. Then you fight the enemy. Then you can resist the devil. What about turmoil and stress? How do you overcome turmoil and stress with God's peace? You might be stressed. You might have turmoil. You overcome it with God's peace. How do you fight provocation when something or someone is provoking you? You, 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 you receive the meekness of God and you manifest that in the fight. How do you fight a lack of breakthrough? How do you fight not getting a breakthrough in your life? You've been trusting the Lord for this. You've been trusting the Lord for this. You've been trusting the Lord for this. How do you fight when you're not seeing your breakthrough? Well, with patience and faith. Patience and faith. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promise of God. So Sonic and I, we've been trusting the Lord for six and a half years for a child. Another child, second child. 
We speak to other people, their lives fall apart around year one or year, year and a half. We're on six and a half. Bought a house, we have a baby room. This week, we painted the baby cupboard. And we're putting in the baby shelves. And we're putting out the baby books. Because I'd rather be a fool for Christ than be an unbelieving, hopelessly depressed Joyless person sitting in the corner feeling sorry for myself. And yes, it's been tough. But I'd rather be a man of faith. I'm patient, God, and we believe you're good. You're always good. You do not change. If we never have a child, we'll still worship you, Jesus. But I'm going to position myself for rain. I'm going to position myself for rain. Amen. That's how you fight not getting your breakthrough. You manifest faith and patience. Faith in who God is. Patience in terms of his character. Lord, just fill me with you. Amen. Don't sit in the corner. God responds to faith. Not because he's trying to be funny. It is the access point. It is the principle of the spirit. When you manifest faith, then breakthrough can come. No faith, no breakthrough. So you need to fight for your faith. You need to fight for your heart. Amen. The results are in the hands of God, but I need to manifest faith. God, I believe. I believe you're good. I believe you are for us. I believe you are you're glorious. You're almighty. You're all-powerful. You can do anything at any time, and I will be re- I'll be there. I'll be standing in front of that door waiting for it to open. I'm there. I'm knocking. God, where are you? Are you still fighting? Are you still believing? So many people give up for their physical healing. Jesus heals. Jesus heals. And he wants to heal you, but you need to position yourself so that he can bless you. When we were in Cape Town now, the pastor phoned me. One of the ladies had a rare disease, a whole bunch of things she couldn't eat. And we prayed for this girl two weeks ago, Sunday night. And uh, she's eating like crazy. Anything. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a hand. He heals. A rare disease. A rare disease. The pastor says this is a very significant healing. So she's going to the doctors now to be tested. So how does this work? Delayed gratification is to wait. Great things happen to those that wait. So how do you wait? Psalm 62, verse 1 to 2, and then verse 5 to 8, just ending over this. I wait quietly before God. Isn't that beautiful? I wait quietly before God. For my victory comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. I wait quietly. What does it mean quietly? It means I'm silencing the noise of this earth. You can't wait quietly before God if the TV is blaring or the music, other music is blaring or whatever, all the noises. This time is the best time of the year to shut down the noises. Quiet, 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 and then wait, rest. Wait to go upon God. Just, just, do you do that? Just, sometimes just get quiet. Just, just sit. Just wait upon God. Just quieten your soul. Quieten your heart. 
I said it last week. The season is a restless season. It's the season to be restless, unfortunately. But you find rest in Jesus. So turn to Jesus. Don't run after other things to find rest. I wait quietly before God. For my victory comes from Him. So I want to release this over you right now. Your victory comes from God. Whatever you might be battling with, your victory comes from God. Your victory comes from God. Your breakthrough comes from God. Your victory comes from Him and Him alone. Don't run other places. Don't run other other places. Run to Him. And in the next verses, let all that I am, let's read this together. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. Let me know that first part. Let all that I am, let all that I am, soul, spirit, body, every fiber of my being, let all that I am wait upon God. For my hope is in Him. Set your sights on Him. All that I am, wait upon Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken, my victory. And honor come from God alone. He's my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. So I want to release this over your lives right now. This is who our God is. Get up again. Believe again. Hope again. Don't give up. Don't give up. Never give up. Winston Churchill, a famous, famous message. He had to give something at university somewhere. And he, they asked him to come and share about the Second World War and how they won. And he just said one line. Never, never, never give up. Never give up. And for us as believers, there's no reason to give up because we have an almighty, faithful, powerful God. Walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh.